Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're sorry. The number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for all of tonight's mucking about, mucking around. And with me in the studio this week is an old mucker of mine, it's Tony Kerr. Watcher. Is that a universal greeting, Watcher? Or is that Guernsey? No, it's pretty universal. They, they, say, they say it a lot in Harry Potter. Do they? So even our American audience will, uh, will know. Yeah, the character of Tonks, Tony. Says Watcher a lot. How does it? Okay. Watcher Harry, she says. <laughs> I haven't read it. I guess we've used a couple of uh, idioms there right off the bat. Mucker as well. Does anyone use that anymore? Not as far as I know. I've certainly never used it. It just means friend, doesn't it? I mean, I like often in these uh, little in- introductory bits, I like to have a, a dig at you, don't I? Have a, have a little pop at you in some way. You're trying to kind of claw back some respect. But this week I thought, no, I'm not going to do that. I thought I'd say something, you know. Moderately nice, because I don't say this very often, Tone, but you really are a friend. You are one of You're just responding to my friends. <laughs> You're just responding to all the, the, the Team Tony clan who've got in touch to say that Adam stopped me saying mean to we've, Tony. We've sold so many Team Tony t-shirts. You've sold, I should say. I'm not sure I'm getting any of these, uh, any of these t-shirt <laughs> Yeah, that's a profits. private initiative. <laughs> but so many of those shirts have shifted that, uh, that I thought maybe I ought to kind of... Uh, Cool my jets a little bit. Anyway, how's it going this week? Uh, it's going really well. What are you well. reading Sorry, on the no, internet? I'm just, no, I'm just checking the uh, ICC T20, <laughs> World T20, whatever you call it, thing, Fantasy League. Right, yeah. Uh, just caught my eye. I don't know, just got distracted by it, really. I mean, do we want to get into this right away? No, we, can, we can put it on the back burner for the next uh, yeah, for a couple of minutes. What were you going to say? Well, I was going to ask you how you're doing. Really well, thanks, yeah. It's been a fun week. Are you excited about being here? This is, of course, our World 2020 preview special. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather be in Bangladesh because it looks like there's some great parties to be had in Bangladesh. Everyone's going mental in the, uh, <laughs> in the stands. All right, so you would actually want to go to the cricket. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'd rather be in Bangladesh, just out, out on the town, <laughs> just, uh, yeah. getting involved in the scene. That looks fun, doesn't it? Everyone, is, everyone in Bangladesh looks like having an absolute blast. <laughs> Almost too much yeah. fun. It's quite tiring, really, to, to be around that. Yeah. Exhausting. I'm ready for it, though. Well, let's talk about its own, the Fantasy League. Regular listeners are, of course, well aware uh, that we are running a World Cricket Show Fantasy Mini League on the official Fantasy League game, ICC game. Not like an official link-up between us and the ICC, <laughs> it should be pointed out. It's an official partnership <laughs> between us and the ICC. People have been joining in their droves, uh, and yeah, we've had, what are we now, five days of the competition? Well, I mean, we're effectively at the, well, pretty much at the end of the, the first round. So one yeah. more day to go as we're recording this. We're recording this on Thursday night. I'm slightly annoyed that we didn't record it on Tuesday as originally planned <laughs> yeah. when I was top of the table. Uh, but anyway, you're not, sliding not down that. Well, no, I wouldn't say sliding, plummeting just, down the table. I, I just like miss out this morning. So 
Because, yeah, on Tuesday, I was I was burying my head in my hands uh, after checking the table because you were top, top of the pile. Top, top of the Tony's stack. Tony's mystery spinners. Top of the log, as, some, as they say in some places. I'm not doing quite as well. Well, so, I mean, I'm doing better now. I had an absolutely you're out, you're, you're not dreadful start. Where am I now? Sixth. You're not out of it. You're kind of like, you know, if, if you're in the Premier League, you'd be, you'd be Spurs. You're kind of, you know, you're, you're still... You're still there or thereabouts, but you're just you're never going to win it at this point. <laughs> or uh, or Manchester United, like yeah. really high expectations, <laughs> just an, an enormous reputation, and everyone just willing you to fail, just <laughs> delighting in, in every point that's taken off you. I've been wearing a David Moyes expression <laughs> for most of this week because I was so annoyed on, on Sunday <laughs> night, which was after yeah day one of the competition. I forgot to change my team. So my team was just yeah. Bangladesh and Afghanistan players, pretty much. I mean, it's no excuse. Is it? I but forgot yeah, to change my so team to get the Irish players yourself. in. I, in my defence, I had a really busy Sunday night because uh, I was, I was um, watching Game of Thrones and right. watching Veronica Mars. Uh, so like, there was a lot going on, so it was quite hard to sort of reach over for my laptop and, and make the changes. Uh, and I was honestly furious with myself, like all of Monday. It just ruined my Monday. I was, I was really angry. With myself and with you as well, because you were you were doing well, uh, but I, I'm not going to whine about it like like you like you've done in previous no, tournaments. I'm not going to whine about it. Just going to pick myself up, dust myself off, and I'm already starting to reel you in, Tone. I think uh, just yesterday there were about 1,100 points between us. Now there's only 900 points between yeah. us. In fact, less than 900 points between us. Yeah, I had, I had a bit of a miss up this one. I had a job, uh, a gig, <laughs> out in the sticks. <laughs> like, what, what kind of gig? Just playing your one-man ukulele show gig this morning, and uh, tr- raced back to try and find some kind of terminal to uh, to change my team at, uh, and couldn't find it. So I ended up trying to do it on my phone uh, on kind of mobile data, and it, you know it's slightly fiddly, uh, and it will like something from wrong. 2009. Yeah, and time is ticking, but you know in the end it only cost me one player. Uh, but yeah, it's enough. That's that's the hundred points that you've called back there. So there we go. It's a bit frustrating actually this first week of competition because there's only about five players that are getting any of the points. Yeah. Like, if you haven't got Paul Sterling or Shaki Paul Hassan, you're in big trouble. So of course everyone's got those. So it's it's very difficult to actually make much headway. The, uh, the real difference between me and you is that, yeah, I forgot to change my team on Sunday. Well, yeah, I, I'm not going to whine about it, Tony. I'm not going to whine about it, but it is worth making that point repeatedly, I think. That I, I mean, what you've really demonstrated is your kind of elitist cricket, you know, full member elitism <laughs> that, you know, you're just like, oh, who, who are these chumps in associate <laughs> cricket? And you just don't care. Whereas, you know, I'm more of a kind of, I'm fighting for the little man's corner. Paris Kadka, who the F is that? <laughs> is what I've been saying all week. But yeah, yeah, like you say, there, there's a few players on there uh, that if you haven't got them as your captain, you're, you're basically screwed. You I was s- so annoyed when Sterling retired hurt. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I actually was just like, for God's sake, bat on. Just bat one-handed or something. That is the slight problem with this as well. Is so, uh, I, yeah. I care much more about the fantasy league than I do about any of the games. <laughs> as and when England are playing, obviously I'll care about that. But at the moment, yeah, I'm less interested in whether Ireland beat Zimbabwe than I am in whether, you know, Paul Sterling yeah. bags a wicket, or, uh, <laughs> or Hamilton Masakadza gets an extra five runs. You know? <laughs> no, it, is, it is supremely annoying. In fact, most of the most memorable kind of moments uh, of this tournament so far have been where I've just been really angry. Like when Shazad went first ball in the first game, uh, that was r- irritating. And I spent most of the time just shouting, "Bring, you know, bring him on, bring." Like, 
I don't know, bring Amjad Habib on. George Dockrell only bowled one over for Ireland yesterday and I was just sat there the whole time going, for God's sake, Porterfield, bring him back on. It's so annoying. And yeah, again, today, like Nepal beat Afghanistan. Huge result, massively significant result. Uh, but, you know, when going to the scorecard, I'm less interested in who's actually won than I am and whether Shakti Galkan has managed to get any wicket. You were saying that uh, you kind of were talking to someone at work today about something to do with work and then just trying to kind of shoo them out the door so that you could change your fancy yeah. team. Well, they kept talking at me and I just I could see the clock in the corner of my eye ticking towards <laughs> half past nine, which is the start time over in the UK uh, for these games. Just thinking like, God damn it, like, get, get on with it. Wrap it up, to, wrap it up, wrap yeah. it up. Well, I found myself at work, yeah, just kind of, you know, in the middle of a, uh, you know, an important discussion about something and just my mind wandering to whether or not I'm going to bring in Peter Boren for the next game or not. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that great for your professional life, I guess. No. Uh, well, I'm down to third now. I say down. I still somehow got a little green up arrow next to my Plummeted to third. Plummeting. Plunged to third. Sliding. So, yeah, I, I feel like I need a big day tomorrow. I feel, I feel like I've got it in me as well. But so hang on, when does it all change? So from uh, so, so, <laughs> that's really good radio. One thirty tomorrow, boom. That's when uh, that's when you need to get your team. That's when the order. Super Tens start India Pakistan, and that's a real problem as well because after that you only get twenty changes. So you actually need to make, you know, you need to pick a, a proper team for that first game. You can't just fill it with India and Pakistan players unless you want to make loads of changes for the next day. So between 9.30 and 1.30 tomorrow. Hugely you've, significant. You've got a, I've, I've got to find a computer. And I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm really hoping that my boss doesn't hear this. I'm going to change my team and I'm just going to be calling your work, making, <laughs> putting on voices and making inquiries. Sorry, uh, yeah, it's possible we could just do this really laborious kind of three-hour task. <laughs> Well, if listeners would like to get involved, many of them have already, but if you haven't yet uh, and you would like to, it's not too late. It's not nearly too late. The pin is 38929. You know, there's so far to go in the tournament that it's not totally out of the question that you could get yourself quite high up the table overall. But also, there are separate standings for each phase. So there's going to be a, you know, a separate table for the Super 10s, a separate table for the knockouts. Uh, and there's a prize on offer from us for each stage of the tournament. Um, now, you've announced the prizes, but I think we can come up with something better. Well, at the moment, it's a World Cricket Show mug yeah, for each so I'm phase. I'm certain we can. You'd be a mug not to sign up. Yeah. I mean, that would be part of the prize. But I, I, well, I said that last week, but I thought I'd say it again. I tried to talk over it. It's probably the best thing I've ever come up with on this show, I would say. You'd be a mug not to sign up. And with that as the uh, the slogan as well, it's going to have to be a mug, isn't it? it can't, we can't say you'd be a mug not to sign up and then give away a T-shirt. World 2020. As you might be able to tell, this is the part of the show where we talk about the World 2020, which is actually already underway. As we said at the top of the show, we're recording this on Thursday nights. So we've had five days of competition so far, uh, but none of the big eight teams have played yet. They join the action tomorrow, Friday. We've already annoyed the kind of the associate geeks uh probably by doing doing them a disservice of not talking about them before they started well yeah and we've also belittled a lot of the players by talking about them yeah uh in the in our fantasy chat i've been quite struck by some of the 
stuff going around Twitter from people who just really annoyed that like you get un- kind of unreasonably angry when teams are called like minnows and stuff. I, I-, I just don't I don't really get it. Yeah, Do you well, mean like it's, it seems like a legitimate word. Yeah, it's just a shorthand, isn't yeah. it? Um, I mean, you could just as easily say associates, but not all of them are associates. So, I mean, you, you know, Zimbabwe aren't an associate, but they're they're clearly not on the same level as the big eight side. So Minos is just a kind of catch-all term. I understand that it is in one sense uh, quite derogatory, but you don't have to take it in that way. No. Uh, also, there's got a lot of resentment. or, or resentment. There's a lot of, kind of uh, it, what's the word? People were quite desperate. Well, not de- I'm trying to think of the word. You can cut this. Uh, people uh, would rather have seen, a lot of people seem to would prefer seeing... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people wanted Bangladesh to go out and uh, Nepal to go through. You know, And we'll come on to this. Nepal have, uh, have been hugely impressive. Lit up the competition. Up. Yeah, so you can say that. Uh, a lot of people really getting into the pool. Uh, but yeah, no, no, I don't know. No, let's have no ill feeling towards Bangladesh. Well, absolutely, yeah. Firstly, it's great that Bangladesh are there. Uh, for many reasons, not least because they're the hosts. And, you know, it, it's almost always the case that for a, a, a really successful tournament, you need the hosts to do reasonably well. And, of course, Bangladesh are never going to win the thing, but they, they really need to be, pl- you know, playing as many matches as possible, which means getting to Super 10 stage. But also it's that thing of Nepal just aren't going to give any of the big sides a run for their money. It's, this happens all the time in football, in the FA Cup. You know, you always want the underdog to win. But then eventually there's going to be a huge mismatch. It'd be brilliant if Nepal got through. What a story that would be. But then they just get handed four absolute hammerings by Australia and India, etc. Bangladesh will probably get beaten handsomely too, but it's not impossible that they could run a couple of those sides close. I've interrupted your little scripted intro bit there. Yeah, and if listeners could believe that everything I said then wasn't in the script. <laughs> <laughs> that was me taking you off piece. ad-libbing. Well, yeah, as I was saying before you rudely interrupted me, uh, Friday is when it all gets going, and it's a hell of a way to get going, India v Pakistan. Uh, but yeah, so far at least, I think it's what a, a, a marketing man would probably describe as a soft launch. Uh, but what, what do you make of the format this year? You know, some people have been complaining that it's uh, quite an underwhelming way to start with just the associate size, just the minnows, if you like. Um, and I guess it's hard not to feel a little bit of anticlimax. Uh, when game two of the tournament is Hong Kong v Nepal. But then on the other hand, it has, you know, some of the cricket we've seen has been really exciting. What have you made of, of this format? It's different to what we've seen before. Yeah, I, I actually don't think it's too bad. Uh, yeah, a lot of people have been quite, yeah, a lot of people getting quite, quite annoyed about it because essentially all the sides, bar Bangladesh and Zimbabwe in this preliminary round, have already qualified effectively for the tournament in a really lengthy qualifying tournament. Uh, and I, I kind of take their point, but actually, I don't think it's feasible to, uh, yeah, as you said before, for these sides, they can't be, uh, they're not there yet to be planted straight into a series of contests against the top nations in the world. It just, it, you know, it's not going to benefit anyone. It's not going to benefit the viewer or them. Uh, and by virtue of that, I mean, if you had all 16 teams, you'd, what, you'd have four groups of four, uh, you're getting fewer games between the big sides as well. So from, you know, from the money man's perspective, which is aka the ICC uh you know it's just it's not gonna be desirable and you know money or not I tend to agree with that you know I'm happy that England will be playing four matches uh, rather than three yeah I mean that's more the point isn't it like clearly there's got to be a, a route for these sides to to get into the main competition 
but it's more about how you structure the whole thing. And certainly when they first announced that it was going to be a 16-team tournament, I was, you know, I assumed that they were going to have four groups of four, and I was quite unenthusiastic about that because, you know, it would just be sort of two big sides, two minnows, if I can use that word again. And that just means there's a, a whole lot of mismatches and then, you know, you get through to the quarterfinals. But at least this way around, it's making the whole tournament competitive. I mean, we saw it in, at the 2012 edition in Sri Lanka. There were four groups of three. So the entire first, like, week plus of the competition was just a minnow getting two thrashings and then one irrelevant game between the big sides because they were both always going to go through. I mean, it's an impossible problem. Like, there's no satisfactory way to sort it out, really, because if you involve the minnows, people complain. If you don't involve the minnows, people complain. I mean, yeah, you, it's, it's hard to please everyone. And, uh, you know, and there have been upsets in the past, you know, notable uh, upsets, you know, Holland, England, Holland beat England, Zimbabwe beat Australia in 2007 yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, which, which are particularly memorable, uh, but they're all too rare uh, for sure. And I think that this kind of a, the beauty of this t- format is obviously that it's the games that are potentially on a more even footing because, or teams are on a more even footing when they play 20 over games because you know, the difference in quality doesn't shine through quite as, as brightly. Uh, but also, you know, this tournament's every two years, so there's plenty of, <clears throat> there's plenty of opportunity for teams to progress and, and for the ICT to get this format right. I don't know. You know, it is still a relatively new concept uh, in cricketing history, uh, and, it, and it's quite tough to work out how to incorporate and kind of integrate these sides, these associates, you know, into the into the main game. Yeah, it seems to have been a different format more or less every time so far. I mean, you're, you're right to say that, of course, the, the shorter the format, the more even the playing field, the more likely an upset, which doesn't necessarily make an upset likely. But, you know, clearly if Holland played England in a test match, there's only one winner. But if Holland play England in a 2020, it is possible for them to win, as indeed they did in 2009. But even supposing that you have a tournament without any upsets as happened in in 2012 you've still got to have the associates there like there's got to be a possibility for these sides to advance for these sides to get into events like this because otherwise cricket is going nowhere i mean 2020 is a brilliant vehicle to take the sport around the world and it seems to be doing that i mean it's absolutely fantastic that we've got nepal here i mean i hope we didn't sound like we were uh, disparaging nepal in any way if they if they earn the right to be in the 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 main competition then fair play to them and and everyone's really excited about their cricketing prospects because this is a team full of homegrown players and it seems to be kind of really taking root in the the popular imagination in Nepal I think you tweeted that picture of uh, people watching the game in Kathmandu there have been pictures of all their games going around and it's just incredible it's literally kind of thousands of people crammed into squares yeah, and Kevin do watching watching the games, uh, which just would never happen in like England, for example. No, exactly. So, yeah. and it's amazing. And you know, Nepal, you'd think it does seem like it has a real opportunity, like Afghanistan, to to become to become a full member at, at some stage. Uh, reasonably populous country. Yeah, the facilities, by all accounts, aren't there. The infrastructure's not there. But you know, that's something that when surely is, will yeah. change. You yeah. know, that's, that's not going to remain uh, so forever. So, yeah, they're potentially a powerhouse in the making. There's no doubt. About that, and, and in, the, I mean, even yeah, you say it in the making, but also that this team, you know, they've performed so well this week, and the, it looks like there's some really good players on that side, and they'll they'll play a lot more cricket, and you know, in two years' time, who knows? You know, maybe they'll get through whatever format the ICC puts in front of them. I well, possibly, but I mean, two years might be a bit 
premature, but maybe in, you know, 12 or 15 years, then they might be getting somewhere. And in order to get somewhere, they need to go through this stage at the moment where they're starting to become involved. So, yes, absolutely, the tournament has got to involve the associate sides. I mean, I guess it's unfortunate that it's getting off to a bit of a low-key start. But as I say, at least these games have been competitive. Ireland v Zimbabwe was a fantastic game. Bangladesh v Hong Kong today, low scoring, but a real thrilling game. Yeah, I mean, there have been some mismatches. I mean, the first game of the tournament was was a bit of a... Uh, a bit of a flop. Bangladesh, uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, I mean, you know, and Afghanistan are one of the one of the sides, perhaps that people fancied. And, and well, they beat Bangladesh but, at the Asian well, Cup yeah. recently, over fifty overs. But you know, for whatever they, reason, they, they just didn't turn up on that day. Yeah, they they blew it. But uh, but yeah, that's they'll get over. Well, that. I mean, at least uh, the the good thing about that game was that yeah, as much as it wasn't a, a great contest, as I say, Bangladesh being the home side huge amount of support and Bangladesh winning very convincingly it got the tournament off to a good start in that way you've got to say that Bangladesh are very good hosts if only because cricket is so massively popular there you know if 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 this tournament was almost anywhere else we wouldn't have seen the kind of numbers that have been coming in to watch Hong Kong v Nepal you just just wouldn't get those crowds in you know New Zealand or um, anywhere really yeah, as much as it's you know it's not been the you know the most box office start to the competition, I've I've enjoyed the cricket this week, and I think it is a much better format than we saw previously, where the first week of the 2012 competition was a complete waste of everybody's time. You know, at least this feels like a more kind of slow build into something more exciting. Uh, one of the one maybe slightly strange decision on the part of Sky. Uh, and I don't know how it's how it's reflected by the broadcasters around the world, but certainly Sky chose to put chose to put the warm up games involving the major teams uh, on the main channel, uh, and then the games that are part of the tournament proper, you know, behind those on the red button. So, uh, you know, a bit strange, don't they? Yeah, the red uh, button couldn't really be more. I mean, it's dismissive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, Stuart Lee says, Stuart Lee had some stuff on the red button, and he prefaced it by saying. You're watching the red button. Now here's something of no value. <laughs> That's really sad, isn't it? Uh, yeah, quite quite a strange decision. You can see why. Well, you can see why they did it, but it, no, I can't, can't agree with that. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully the tournament proper won't be on the red button, um, and perhaps we should, yeah, go through team by team now. Our, our tediously comprehensive rundown, team by team of everyone's chances as Everton this will probably involve quite a bit of me just listing players uh, but bear with me uh, let's start with England because you know uh, winners of the world 2024 years ago of course but come into this tournament with very low expectations indeed five defeats on the bounce uh, in this format before narrowly winning a dead rubber in the Caribbean uh, and then since then they've been hammered in both of their warm-up games so if you include those warm-up games, uh, they've now lost 11 of their last 14 games in this format and seven of their last eight. Joe Root has been ruled out through injury. Ben Stokes misses out after fracturing his hand, punching a locker. Uh, so it's a struggling team with a raft of injuries. Uh, but there's only one question on everybody's lips, Tone, and that is, what the hell is the deal with this orange kit? Solar red. <laughs> well, I mean, you can say that, and they have said that, but it isn't. The word red does not apply to that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it is ready, isn't it? It's a kind of ready orange. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's more of a yeah, kind of orangish yeah. orange for me. Uh, I've got no problem with it, really. Have you really not? 
Not, not, not especially. I mean, because you know, I was, I was really cross when they went to the red kit. <laughs> I wasn't happy about that. But at least red is the colour of England. I mean, what the bloody hell has orange got to do with England? Well, no, I, I can see why people are uh, upset. <sighs> I mean, I arguably there are bigger England, things yeah, to get upset about in life. Bigger but, problems uh, as well. Well, yeah, I mean, just the, the England cricket team have got bigger problems, but also, you know, in like society, there are bigger yeah. things to get upset about, I suppose. But you know. People are nostalgic. I mean, they've been, you know, certainly it's not my favourite kit ever. Uh, it's rubbish. One of my issues as well, I don't know why, I know they write the nations on the front of the shirts, uh, but it's always in a really horrible font. Type, I don't know, so get rid of that for one. Get someone, yeah, get someone like, with some typographic taste to, to do it. Uh, but yeah, it's all right, the kit. They're also sponsored by Waitrose now. We've got the, the Waitrose logo on the shirt, which for people who don't know is a is a upmarket supermarket in the UK. I mean, English cricket has got a frightfully middle-class reputation, as it is, so that's probably not helping uh, in that regard. Yeah, um, you need to perhaps get some like Carling on board. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Jaeger. <laughs> that's almost the colours of Jaeger. <laughs> Maybe they're just preparing the way. <laughs> Preparing the ground to eventually be sponsored by Jaeger. Uh, but leaving the kit aside, Tane, I mean, is it is it fair to say that England are a little bit cut adrift from the other kind of elite teams at the moment? Are they are they at the bottom of your list of likely winners? Possibly. Uh, I mean, English cricket does seem to have basically collapsed in the last four to five months. So you would say they don't look very good. Uh, there's not much cheer. The team's full of kind of bitty players at the moment you know there's talent there no doubt and yeah you'd hope that perhaps one or two will kind of stick their hand up in this tournament make some really telling contributions winning games uh, and stick around for a few years but it's, <laughs> that's a, might be a lot to hope too right it's a lot to hope but you don't hope kind of, is cheap <laughs> it's hard to to predict who that might be i don't know that they all the whole side seems much of a muchness there's no real superstar as the you know kp's obviously not there uh, I hadn't heard about oh, that. Yeah. So, so yeah, the, the the team looks a bit ordinary. Yeah, you're 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 always one for names, you're, aren't you? You're always one for, for names, but... names on paper, and I, I'm not sure there's that many names that are going to be terrifying other sides in this England no, team. That's at the not to say that they couldn't be good despite it. And actually, I'm I've got a bet on England to to, to win uh, on Betfair, twenty one to one or twenty twos if you like your decimals. Uh, and you know that's that's got to be good value because you know England can't get any worse. They've got to win a couple of games, and if they get into, I know, just don't think it is up, good value though. It's got to be because they're not going to win it. I mean, it's 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 wild how far out they are uh, on the odds. I, I you know, yes, I agree. The team doesn't look very good. The results would suggest that's the not thing. Win it's it. not just that the team doesn't look very good. It's that they've got no form at all. I mean, they they really struggle to hit boundaries in the Caribbean. You know, they just don't have many kind of big gun batsmen in that side. And the ones that they do have, Alex Hales and Owen Morgan, probably the only two, are hopelessly out of form. I mean, Morgan didn't make 20 at any point on that Caribbean tour. So, yeah, they just don't have any kind of form in their legs coming into this tournament. I mean, I guess on the plus side, they have got Jay Dern back, who's obviously going to be a big player. So, uh, you know, swings and roundabouts. Well, I mean, it, it's a team designed to wind you up, isn't it? It's, it's Dernback, <laughs> it's Bapara. Uh, you know, these are the guys that we're relying on. Uh, uh, well, we've got Ian Bell as well. He's a Bell. notorious walloper, isn't he? I mean, one piece of advice that I would give, not to do a kind of 
Peterson text gate thing. But if I if I were going to text some advice to um, opposition captains, ball spin at England, ball spin at England exclusively, I would say because yeah, I mean in the Caribbean they just could not handle those West Indies spinners. Uh, had no idea what they were doing really against Sunil Narayan and, and couldn't get Samuel Badri away at all in the opening overs. Uh, and it was very noticeable that the one game they won in that series was the one when Badri wasn't playing and they, the West Indies used a bit more pace. And in these warm-up games as well, England have got off to good starts against pace bowlers. Against India, they got off to a really good start in the first six overs. Spin came on, that was it. And, you know, in these conditions that are very favourable to spinners, that is a real problem. And if, if the opposition opens with two spin bowlers and England are 28 for three after six, it's just game over, isn't it? You would think so. Uh, there's been a lot of same old, same old, isn't it? I mean, just those middle overs as well uh, in these warm-up games. So just slightly pedestrian, slightly depressing, slightly... I mean, you say the middle overs, or I say the middle overs, but... England, doesn't matter what format or how long you kind of structure the game, they'll still find middle overs <laughs> to take the foot off the gas in. But they're struggling at the death. They're struggling at the, in the, at the start of the innings. Bowl. And also, like, we're talking about how badly they're playing spin. They played pace so badly this winter as well that it does make you wonder whether... You know, there's there's any kind of At least Mitchell Johnson is not the tournament. That's so. a good point. Yeah, Mitchell Johnson will not be there. And you know, if we're talking about other plus points for England, you know, Chris Jordan came in in Barbados and made a big impression in that final game, hit some sixes, took some wickets. If Owen Morgan does get it together, then I think he's a, as good as anyone in the world. Um, Josh Butler could potentially make an impact. There's a little bit of form behind him. James Treadwell and Ravi Bapara could be quite effective bowlers in these conditions. So there is, they've got there some things, glimmers. there's glimmers, but that's all that they are. You know, I guess that they've got the easier group as well. Not to say that it's easy, but of the two groups, you'd rather be in group one with South Africa, New Zealand and Sri Lanka. And it is that thing in any kind of global tournament. That if you can just find a way, if you can just chart a course into the semifinals and anything could happen because, you know, 2020 is so unpredictable and you've only got to win two games. So get to the semi-finals and anything could happen, but I just I really don't think they're going to get to the semi-finals. You may differ, but I'm more pessimistic about England's chances in this tournament than I have been for any tournament for a, a, quite a long time. I think. Yeah, I mean we, we've been quite used to going into tournaments thinking, well, England, you know, England aren't anywhere near the top sides. Uh, we'll be lucky if we get anything. And actually, yeah, somehow they've managed to go into the tournament looking in worse shape than those kind of occasions. So, yeah, I agree. You know, that punt is more of a speculative one. I'll probably enjoy watching the England games where I get slightly frustrated. Uh, but, yeah, t- I mean, tough to see them making an impact. And, you know, it just it's just so frustrating to think that, you know, Kevin Peterson isn't the side. It just doesn't make any sense, does it? Yeah, if he was there, that would change the complexion quite a lot. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Charles Clark this week came out the knee and said, you know, England supporters need to move on. Uh, but we're still lacking an explanation it, it would be much easier it's like you know it's like any kind of breakup isn't it that you know you, you need you need reasons you need clarity closure. you need closure exactly I mean, and you, England supporters you know, don't have closure late? give them a call now get on the plane over you might as well put a bet on it Tony you know it's great it's great odds Peterson's great value scorer at the tournament <laughs> uh, but you just look at some of the other players in the tournament uh, Warner, Gale, you know, it, it, yeah, England's just got nothing. 
No, nothing uh, on that level. But Peterson would have been. I mean, he was man of the tournament in, in 2010, of course, when England won it. So, yeah, that is very frustrating. I mean, we're talking about the betting. As we say, England very much outsiders in the betting. The bookies' favourites are Australia, which, when you consider that the most recent... One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. ICC tournament before this, less than a year ago, the Champions Trophy. Uh, when you consider that Australia came into that as rank outsiders and got stuffed three times, you know, it's quite remarkable that they're favourites for this. I mean, yes, it was a different format. But still, you know, that does speak to the transformation that's gone on in that team since Darren Lehman took over. And of course, England went into that tournament as you know, quite possibly the favourites and got to the final. So it's a, a depressing turning of the table yeah, the last amazing. nine months. I mean, I'm quite surprised. I mean, Australia obviously have had an unbelievable uh, six months, but it is still amazing. I mean, I, I've not got the numbers, but I'm pretty sure in previous World 2020s, you know, the sides, kind of the favourites, have been a lot tighter and there's always been a few. You know, Australia are kind of out in front as favourites. You know, it's three to one Australia to win the tournament, which in a 2020 tournament, I just don't think you can go with. Uh, I'd be laying them at that price. Yeah, I don't really know what that means. Uh, Betting against them. Right. Now, what's odds, Tone? <laughs> Explain that to me. <sighs> yeah, I mean, clearly they are going to have a lot of confidence after the winter that they've had. I mean, yeah, yeah, the the outstanding winter that they've had was predominantly in Test cricket, but of the limited overs games that they've played this winter, they've won most of them. And yeah, if you look at that team, certainly the batting lineup is frightening. You know, Warner, Finch, Watson, Bailey, Faulkner, Cameron White as well. There's a lot of power in that, and so I can understand why they have been put as favourites. I mean, it's a little bit surprising given that they're you know these aren't the kind of conditions that you'd expect Australia to flourish in but just the the results they've had this winter you know they they are the form team in the world at the moment aren't they and like i say that that batting lineup is frightening but is their bowling attack quite so frightening is that a, a potential weak link i mean i i always like to say uh, that you know everyone focuses on the batting but it tends to be the bowlers that win you games and win you tournaments and generally speaking the team with the best bowling attack in any given tournament will win the tournament that's not always true. I wouldn't have said that India had the best bowling attack in the Champions Trophy last year. But for the most part, it is the bowling attacks that deliver tournament victories. And I don't know whether Australia's is the best in this tournament. You know, teams will feel that they might be able to target people like Nathan Coulton-Nile, people like Dan Christian. And as we say, Mitchell Johnson is injured. Mitchell Stark has been taking wickets since coming back into the team in South Africa. And they've got a young lad by the name of Brad Hogg in the squad zone. He's only just turned 43, so he could be one to watch out for. 
Yeah, yeah, I, no, I agree. The, the the bowling is overshadowed by the batting. Uh, the absence of Johnson is quite a big blow, I think, and, and I'm not sure that yeah, the the Australian spinners are going to be the best in this tournament. Glenn Maxwell, Brad Hogg, you know, they'll do a job, but you know, they're not Ajmal and Afridi, are they? So, you know, there, there's question marks there. Yeah, I mean, you'd think they might be susceptible to, to some some big hitting and some big scores. You'd, you'd probably back uh, you'd back one of the sides to have a go at them. But you know, they'll feel they can chase down more or less anything with the batting they've got. So let's not forget yeah. what they have, you know they've got. It is a hard group that. Yeah, they've got uh, India, Pakistan, and West Indies and Bangladesh as well. Of course, absolutely, they are in the, in the tougher group. So they're by no means shoe-ins for the semi-finals let alone to to win the thing but you know i think they have got a real chance here they got to the semi-finals in 2012 after we totally wrote them off before the tournament so you know you've got well, to I think, think they're going to be in, in with a ch- well i don't think you did i <laughs> you've, think i did <laughs> you've got to if think I, if that, my memory says you're right i think i picked three of the four semi-finals uh, i don't know if we can trust your memory i, I think we can you- i literally remember it <laughs> I literally remember it. If only, Definitely. if only we kept some kind of audio <laughs> record of these conversations, we'll and then we could right. go back and check it. Right, I'm going to go get this uh, post-it note here. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not writing it on my computer because I'll probably lose this post-it note. But on this post-it note, we'll go our predictions. <laughs> okay. See, so, yeah, and I'll stick it on the desk. Okay. Yeah, we're not there yet, Tom. We've got we've got six more teams to get through tonight. Uh, let's move on to West Indies. The defending champions, of course, won that tournament in 2012. And you know, that was a, a hugely exciting moment, wasn't it, when they, they won that um, competition? Because they played some thrilling cricket. They did a lot of great dancing to Gangnam Style. Do you remember that, Tony? Do you remember Gangnam Style? I've actually forgotten all about it. Do you remember all that? Do you remember, do you remember Blurred Lines? Do you remember these? 2012. Do you remember uh, Call Me Maybe? Do you remember that? There's something quite warped, though. There's something that's quite warping, if that's the word, about the about having a major tournament every two years. Because I'm like, oh, it's four years ago. So yeah. that's it really wasn't. It was basically 18 months ago. Now, this is why we really can't trust your memory on, on anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that was that was an extraordinary final, wasn't it, when they beat Sri Lanka, having been, what, 30-odd for three after 10 overs. And Marlon Samuels played, you know, one of the, one of the all-time great 2020 innings. <laughs> There And, you know, we thought that that success might be a catalyst for a kind of bigger resurgence in West Indies cricket. Since then, they haven't quite kicked on, but it does look like the jigsaw might just be coming back together in time for this tournament. Would you put them amongst the favourites again, Tim? Potentially, potentially. Although they've got, I want to say, issues. You know, you know Gale's come back in after a year and it looks really good again, so... There's probably not an issue there. Yeah, although he was a bit lacking in form before that over the last yeah. year or so. Uh, He's not the all-conquering Chris Gale of of yesteryear, perhaps. No, although no reason why he won't turn it on again. Yeah, they, I mean they've got a nice balance to the team. Yeah, I like Darren Sammy. He does a good job. They've done it before. Uh, yeah, I think that you know they've. I like them better than England. <laughs> well, yeah. well, that's not too difficult. I mean, that word that you use, balance, I think is uh, is really interesting. Actually, I think this is is maybe the the most well balanced side, in the sense that I feel like everyone in that team knows exactly what their role is, and and that actually reminds me of the England team that won in in twenty ten because you know in that side everyone knew precisely their role. Someone like Michael Yardy, not the most talented cricketer in the in the world, but he had a very clearly defined role and he knew what to do. And I think. The same could be said for this West Indies team. You know that Badry's going to open up and bowl four overs off the reel. You know that Darren Sammy's going to probably come on and bowl one over. 
and will be batting down at about number seven. I mean, actually, I think Sammy gets a lot of stick, doesn't he? And has done for several years now. But right now, he's one of the best 2020 cricketers in the world, I think. I mean, he's one of the first names on the team sheet for the West Indies. His batting has just come on in leaps and bounds. And he is he one, hits it hard. He, I mean, he's one of the best hitters of a cricket ball around. Yeah, I agree. And, and, yeah, and, he, and he's an all-round, you know, he's an all-round cricketer. <laughs> uh, an all-rounder or something. I wish there was a word for yeah, that. Yeah, that's a real shame. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, and, he, and he's... Yeah, he's kind of brushed up, brushed aside the criticism, uh, you know, and he's achieved a fair amount more than a lot of other West Indies captains. So, oh, absolutely, yeah, he uh, won a global title. Yeah, so I like him. Yeah, and I think you know he is one of a number of big hitters. I mean, every team around the tournament has got has apart from apart possibly from England, England has got several England's uh, patient middle order <laughs> has got several power hitters. I mean, I wouldn't want to rule out Ian Bell, but apart from him, I'm not sure England have got many. But all the other teams have got several, but possibly West Indies have just got the most. Um, you know, no Kyron Pollard this time, which is a big loss, but they've still got Gale, they've still got Dwayne Smith, Marlon Samuels, Andre Russell, Dwayne Bravo, Darren Sammy. They've just got a lot of big, big hitters there. Um, but, you know, as, as, I, as I was saying before, you know, the key to most sides' chances will be the bowling attack. And I think West Indies have got a very useful attack in these conditions. It's all about pace off the ball, isn't it? And Badri and Santoki will bowl at the top. Santoki did a really fine job against England. Narayan will bowl those crucial middle overs. Dwayne Bravo will bowl at the death. You know that you know Samuels and Sammy will get through some as well. I really like the look of that bowling attack in these conditions. Yeah, and you know they, they won. They've won both their warm games, uh, uh, including that really useful game against England, who <laughs> hadn't played for ages. Uh, <laughs> I guess maybe there's a danger though that they just think like, oh. They'll be a bit get a bit complacent because they've been playing England so much recently. Well, yeah, possibly. Maybe they've just been made to look good. But uh, I, you know, I I think you've got to put them right up there for me. Another side that most people tend to put right up there is India. Of course, I mean, they they people always fancy them for these sorts of things. They are the reigning champions in both major fifty over events, but they haven't done much at the World Twenty Twenty apart from winning it, uh, which was in two thousand and seven. But since then. They've really uh, got no no real record in this tournament. I mean, in these conditions, you've got to feel they're going to be in with a shout. You know, their spinners, Ashwin, Jadeja, are going to keep them in the game. And, you know, they have got a hugely powerful batting lineup. Dewan, Rohit Sharma, MS Dhoni, of course. And not forgetting Virat Kohli, who might be the global superstar right now, apart from possibly Chris Gale. But I don't know if I quite fancy them for this time. I don't know if I fancy India. Only because, yeah, as we've said, Group 2 is the tougher group. And I just think that there are better teams than India in their group. They also haven't played a lot of 2020 cricket recently. They've only played, apart from the warm-up games, they've only played one 2020 since December 2012. So compared to everyone else, yeah, they're you know, perhaps not quite sure of their best combinations and so forth. What about you? What do you make of their chances? Uh, yeah, I think, like you say, that the... The group that they're in, it could be crucial. I mean, every single game in this group is going to be huge, uh, even the ones against Bangladesh, because Bangladesh are the host. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be really tough for them. But the players they've got, they should be they should be getting, uh, or they'd be backing themselves to get out of the group and have a say in the, the latter stages. As you say, that first game is against Pakistan. That will have been played by the time people are listening what about Pakistan? I mean, you're always quite keen to back them uh, at global events. Are you backing them this time? Uh, yeah, I am. I always, I don't know why. I just think I'm always going to back them. It's blind faith. You say, I don't know why. I mean, I'd like you to kind of look within I mean, yourself yeah, and try and come up with, with some 
justification. Uh, they've just got players, haven't they? They have got, they've players. got players. Would you um, like me to list some? <laughs> I can give you some if you want. <laughs> okay, you know, go on. Boom Boom Afridi is kind of back, isn't he? He's been doing it recently. So, well, yeah, in uh, the Asia Cup, some astonishing innings, including I mean, against India. If he if he turns it on two or three times in this tournament, you know, then he will be the player of the tournament. Uh, Ashmael, they've got enough, but I think they just seem to do it, don't they? Generally speaking, they do. And they've got the best record of any side in World 2020 history, in the long history of the World 2020. They've made at least the semi-finals every time uh, and won it, of course, well, in 2009. I to get the semi-finals every time. <laughs> sure you did. Um, I did, literally. I'm sure that you did. Hence why I said I always bet them. <laughs> um, They've not let me down yet. And yeah, you know, clearly, particularly in these conditions, they're going to be a real big threat. I do like that spin attack. An awful lot. Adjamal, probably the best in the world, plus Afridi and Mohamed Afis as well. He's quite an underrated spin bowler. Uh, and then they'll be supported by Umar Gul as well, who's re- really come back to form in the last couple of months. I just worry a little bit about their batting, that it might be a bit vulnerable. They did get knocked over by South Africa for about 70 the other day. And you, know, you don't want to kind of overreact to something like that, because that does happen to Pakistan from time to time. Maybe they've got it out of the way before the actual tournament starts. But Compared to the other teams in their group, I just feel that you know, they are susceptible to that kind of a collapse. And again, because they are in such a tough group, I wouldn't necessarily put them as favourites to get out of it. If they were in England's group, if you swapped them with, say, Sri Lanka, I'd say, yeah, they'll definitely get to the semi-finals. But I just think there might be slightly stronger teams in this group. Huge, huge games. Let's hop back across to Group 1 then. Uh, Sri Lanka is, are a team that tend to do very well at big tournaments as well. Finalists at two of the last three World T20s and semi-finalists at the other one, finalists at the World Cup three years ago. But of course, they didn't actually win any of those tournaments. It's been a kind of sequence of near misses in recent years. But just at the moment, they do look to be in really good form. They just won the Asia Cup, which, yes, was in 50-over cricket, but, you know, it's still cricket. Um, <laughs> astonishing scenes of celebration in Colombo. I don't know if you saw that, but they, they came home and had an open-top bus parade. It was like London 2005. Um, and in, in Kumar Sangakkara, they have possibly the form batsman in the world at the moment. Recently hit a test triple century. Can't stop scoring ODI hundreds. And yeah, they've, they've got the spinners, haven't they? They certainly got the spinners. They've got Nuan Kulaseker as well. Maybe the most famously underrated player in the world. And Tony, they've got Lassith Malinga, who, you know, if we're talking about global superstars, is probably the biggest one in, in terms of bowling right now. Yeah. Maybe not quite as good as he used to be, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he goes. He, he has had some some dips. Uh, and of course, Sri Lanka, yeah, they're going to be losing a couple of big guys after this tournament. So uh, you'd imagine they'll be pretty desperate to, to leave on a high. Well, yeah, if they don't win this one, is it is, is Sangakara and Jai Woodner yeah. are retiring, aren't they? If they don't win this one, you know, you've got to wonder when they're ever going to win something. So, I mean, Sri Lanka does have an issue on its hands. You know, Dilshan's not going to be around for much longer either. So, Yeah, we've, we've seen a, this looming for a few years, haven't it's we? It's going to be a different Sri Lanka side you'd imagine in two years' time. But this particular side, I, I think, has got a really good chance. I fancy Sri Lanka here, Tane. I fancy for them. For the title. I, well, I, I fancy them to do well, to give you a, a politician's answer. I don't want it to sound like Rachel Reeves or anything, but uh, yeah, I, I think they'll do well. I mean, one thing that has become quite apparent, isn't it? You know, we started with England. Uh, when you haven't talked about anyone else, it's easy to, to talk up England's players. But when you, you just run through some of the other sides, it is very apparent the kind of golf in, in quality. Uh, you know, every side we've mentioned so far has got four or five kind of absolute 
world-class players. Yeah, absolutely superstars. So, yeah. But on the other hand, it can be easy to overstate how good they are in the sense that if you don't watch, if you know, if in the last couple of years you haven't mm. watched a lot of, say, Sri Lanka, it might be easy to miss the fact that perhaps Lasith Malenga isn't quite as good as he used to be. I mean, two or three years ago, he was the best bowler in the world in this format. He's not that bowler anymore. He's still very good. He still uh, knocked over India at the death the other day, but he's not quite the same player. And so, yeah, it can be easy. I mean, Chris Gale's another one who just hasn't been in that kind of form. But if you haven't seen a lot of them, it's easy to say, oh, well, get, you know, they got Gale. But actually, he's not been delivering that much. He probably will now have an, yeah. an unbelievable tournament, but you see what, what I'm mean? saying. mean, he swatted England away the other day fairly comfortable. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But equally, say I mean, say you hadn't watched a lot of England over the last couple of years, you, you might just assume that Owen Morgan is going to blow you away and you know he's just not got much form at the moment mm. so yeah let's not let's not go mad but yeah there's no doubt that England are seriously lacking a box office player or two in comparison to everyone else two more teams to go uh, let's do these fairly quickly um, South Africa now talking about teams that I fancy uh, I generally do tend to fancy South Africa at ICC events they've never actually delivered on me I always tip them uh, for the title this time, I don't fancy them saying. I mean, that probably means they'll now go and win the thing. Get your money on, guys. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm not hugely impressed by the looks of them. I mean, like England, I, I'm not sure that they're hugely suited to these conditions. Uh, you know, their best players are probably not going to be at their best in Bangladesh. And that's particularly true of their bowling attack. They've, they've not got the spinners, really. I mean, Imran Tahir was fantastic in the World Cup in 2011, but he's not the same bowler now that he was then. And, you know, usually you'd say that ace in the hole is Dale Stain, and he's really struggling with a hamstring injury by all accounts, so may not play certainly at the start of the tournament. I mean, I guess any team with uh, A.B. de Villiers and Hashim Amla in it has to have a chance because uh, you only need one or two players to fire to win a game in 2020 cricket. But, you know, if we're talking about over the course of a tournament, I'm not sure that South Africa are really in with that strong of a chance. No, you, you look at the makeup of their side, you compare it to, to the West Indies... It doesn't look like it's got kind of got the capacity for for fireworks in there in quite the same way. So you know who knows? Maybe they'll do all right. I mean, as you said before, they trampled all over Pakistan in one of the warm games. Difficult to say. You know, they've had a difficult few few weeks. Yeah, few I mean, they, they might surprise us, but they've they've not got great form in limited overs cricket over the last year or two. To be honest, yeah, I, I really wouldn't put them as one of the favourites. I mean. It's, Speaking of favourites, the last thing that we come to is, of course, New Zealand. Always seen as dark horses, aren't they? Sort of perennial dark horses at these kind of events and usually do pretty well. But this time around, should we be talking about them as one of the favourites? No. No. You'd say no? Not one of the favourites because you're well aware of my history with 2020. I do feel like it's it's quite an even contest at all times, regardless of really what's going on so yes they're amongst the kind of six or seven favorites I'd say <laughs> for the for the tournament uh, I disagree because I mean yeah not necessarily ideal conditions for them but you know if we're talking about Australia having a lot of confidence coming into this I think New Zealand will similarly have a lot of confidence they've they've had some great results in all formats of cricket over the past year and I just think that their squad is really impressive they've got plenty of big hitters you know your McCullums your Taylors your Guptills the new kid on the block, Corey Anderson, who recently hit the fastest ever century in uh, ODI cricket. I mean, again, maybe their bowling attack isn't the strongest, but they've still got, you know, Tim Salvey. Nathan McCullum is a hugely underrated, I think, bowler, particularly in uh, 2020. You know, maybe they won't win it, but given that they are in a much kinder group, I mean, you've surely got to 
expect them to come out of that group ahead of England and South Africa. And once they're in the semi-finals, you know, anything can happen and probably will. Uh, so I, I would put them yeah. down as one of the favourites. One of how many favourites though? Uh, one of three favourites for me. Right. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about that now. I mean, we we've gone through all of that saying. Where's your money? Who are you backing? Let's get your four semi-finalists. Well, I've got I've got in, I've got actual money on England, <laughs> right, okay. uh, which might be the you know might be the worst twenty quid I've ever spent. Uh, but we you know that remains to be seen. It, really tough, really tough. Pakistan, def, you know, I'm going to write them down because they're getting out of that group. Okay, I don't care what anyone says. I've written it down. <laughs> what are you What are you giving me uh, to come out of that group? So what have you got so far? England and Pakistan. No, well, no, I'm putting England in brackets because they're clearly. I, I don't know. Do you want me to give you one at a time? Would you want all four? I don't know. I'm going to give you my four because I always ask you first, and then yeah. I have to change my answer. So I'm gonna, let's do it the other way around now. I am going for Sri Lanka and New Zealand to come out of Group One, and I'm going for Australia and West Indies to come out of Group Two. I'd say semi-finals of Sri Lanka v West Indies and New Zealand v Australia. Let's say an Australia-Sri Lanka final. Well, I'm going to go Pakistan out of Group Two, uh, along with India. Okay, completely different. Yeah, to I'm going to um, Australia not to get out of the group. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they'll just choke. Maybe that's wishful thinking. But yeah, I, I think I think it's New Zealand and Sri Lanka out of Group One, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. At least we're fifty percent different. I mean, yeah. you, in a way, you'd say I don't know what I'm talking about in saying that only one out of the subcontinent nations will make it into the semi-finals in these conditions. But I do think that um, particularly West Indies have got, you know, almost a more kind of subcontinental team than a lot of the subcontinent teams right now. So so I don't think that I've been too foolhardy there, if I can uh, just rev- not- review my own predictions. Very hard, though. Very hard to predict. Uh, and that's that's the exciting thing. That's, that's what that's, we all that's love the magic about of it. 2020 cricket. That's the magic of it. But yeah, I, I don't know. Not, not easy at all. Uh, every game is going to be huge uh, in Group 2. <laughs> every game that doesn't involve England is going to be huge in group one do you want to kind of stick your neck out and call a player of the tournament top bowler top batsman top bowler top batsman uh, top batsman I'll go I'm going to say Kumar Sangakara what about you tough to disagree you'd think there'd be a lot of runs on offer perhaps in group one mm. uh, top bowler I'll go top bowler Samuel Badgery as well I was very impressed with him. You know, maybe not a, a, a kind of devastating wicket taker, but I think in this format of the game, he's very effective. Bookie's got Dave Warner as the uh, the favourite. Okay, you can get twenty twos on Quinton de Kock if you want. You've not given me a player of the tournament yet, Michael Lum. Wow, leading run scorer. World, Lum, Cric- World Lum, Cricket Show super Lum, fan, Michael Lum. Lum to go out and get yeah, blast three half centuries in the uh, group stage. I can see the headlines now. Lum and Lummer. Uh, Something else with Lumstruck. Lumstruck. No one's ever used that. That's good. Totally Lumstruck. <laughs> well, that's about it for the World Cricket Show this week. Thanks for coming down here, Tony, and giving me a little bit of your time. Have you had a good have you had a good one? Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Of course, the return to our screens of an ICC tournament means the return to our screens of Danny Morrison. Saying so that's very exciting. Did you see his post match uh this post-match interview this afternoon. I did not. With the captains. It's just really funny. He just talks so slowly. <laughs> it's quite funny. What did he say? Oh, he's like, oh, Danny Morrison was like, uh, to, who's he talking to? <laughs> this is a really good this anecdote good so anecdote, far. No, carry on, just cut that. <laughs> 
cut that. <laughs> oh, we have fun, don't we? Yeah, um, we do. I mean, maybe it'll be the return of Wallop as well. We can only hope. Wallop! <laughs> what a hilarious bit of commentary that is. There will be some wallops. Probably my favourite. Walloping. There's no Nick Knight, though, I don't think, is there? We've not seen Nick Knight yet. I, I, don't, I don't think he's. I don't think he's a big enough name. Oh, do you think they'll change? Yeah, well, what have we had? We've had a bit of what's the? Uh, yeah, we've had Colville. What's the other guy called? There's two other guys who are quite uh, Wilkins. Oh, what he present? He does what? The guy's got no hair. What in Sky? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't remember his name. And the other guy as well. What Ian Ward? <laughs> no, not Ward. No Ward. <laughs> uh, uh, Bob Willis. You're thinking? No, of? no, no. Uh, David Gower. Butcher's had a good run out. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, uh, it's the like, uh, you know, it's Hong Kong v Nepal. Let's get Butcher in. Yeah. Just keep the seat warm for Willis. Well, it's been a really busy week in the world of cricket because, of course, there's, all, there's been all this Jonathan Trott stuff as well. And I would have loved to have talked about that tonight as well. But I've got a lot to say about it. And, you know, I don't know why I came over all Yorkshire then again. No. You've got a lot to say about it. you watch it? the documentary, The Sky? Uh, I did, yeah. Jonathan yeah. Trott, Burnout. Yeah. I watched it. Uh, with very dramatic music. Very dramatic and lots of slow motion as well. Uh, I've got a lot to say. I wasn't happy with Michael Vaughan at all in brief, uh, but I think we're going to have to talk about this next week because we've gone super long as it is. Yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about that and, of course, the World 2020, which will be in full swing by then. But between now and then, if you like the show, uh, there's all kinds of things you can do to get more involved, to get in touch with us. If you want to send us a fax, you can't, uh, but you can tweet at us. Uh, twitter.com slash cricket show you can follow tony at tony cover t-o-n-y-c-v double r and i've joined twitter tony i've got a personal twitter account now at adam bayfield one two what's the one two for well adam at adam bayfield was already taken and i just figured you know one two it's just the first two numbers <laughs> of the number sequence so i went with that i'll be tweeting about all kinds of really interesting stuff i'll be tweeting about game of thrones i'll be tweeting about veronica mars I'll probably be tweeting about the food that I've eaten. That's what people seem to do. Certainly, that's what people post on Facebook. You're really about. on the cutting edge, aren't you? That's all my Facebook newsfeed is now. It's just people taking pictures of the meal that they've just prepared and uploading that. Yeah, it's pretty demoralising, the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, only added about, I've only started following about 15 people so far. You're one of those. You've nice. made the cut. And uh, I followed uh, London correspondent Gordon McRae as well. Uh, and he just tweeted back at me and said, Welcome to 2008. Which I thought was quite funny. And then I instantly replied, uh, I've bought a Wii Fit as well. So this is the, kind, this of, is the, this is the kind of banter that you'll yeah. get if you follow me on I'm Twitter. S- just for the listeners, I'm smiling now. I'm not really laughing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just smirking. I don't know if I've made this point before, but really, like, people are, I don't know, the whole world of social media is so damn predictable, uh, particularly among friends. Like, Sunday, I don't care about your Sunday walk. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sunday, it's like... Oh, Sunday. Do you know what's really funny Sunday is that on- <laughs> Come on, like, cool, good stuff. I saw Did you. On, you I saw you on Sunday. I came to the pub to watch the football, and you were there. And uh, you launched in this into this kind of tirade about people posting pictures of their Sunday walk, and I kind of quietly put my phone away as I was about to <laughs> use the three G to upload a picture of me on a Sunday walk. I mean, you walk to work every day, don't yeah, you? Like do. Monday walkies, like, <laughs> just like. I should start doing that. I just don't care. Like, who's for whose benefit is that? Wednesday afternoon walkies. Yeah. What benefit does it serve, telling people that you've gone for a walk? Well, what, what's the point I'm of any social of media? Roast. You posted about a cheesecake that you've eaten once. Right, once. <laughs> once. I don't even know. I don't, yeah, I don't really remember what it was about. I think it was a kind of, like, cheesecake-induced coma at that point. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. I want to have a look at your Facebook profile. See what the thing, what kind of things are you right. posting? You know, it's, it's it's highly selective and and just useful to people. Actually, you don't really post much. Actually, no, I constantly get things coming up on my newsfeed. Of you, it says Tony Kerr recently listened to some band on Spotify. No, I've turned that off. Yeah. Do I still get that? Yeah, I do still get it. It will like Tony Kerr listened to three tracks on Spotify, and they're all bands that not only have I never heard of, nobody's heard <laughs> of, and uh, I I have to constantly resist the temptation to comment on it cool story bro but anyway yeah i'm on twitter at adam bayford one two of course i'm also on twitter at cricket show that has been me the whole time we don't have like a uh, social media manager i'll be using the cricket show account to uh, tweet about cricket and this will just be you know real kind of real personal stuff real, real gritty insight <laughs> into your character your psyche uh, so follow me at both uh, you can like us on facebook as well that's facebook.com slash cricket show send us an email uh, if you're bored, worldcricketshow at gmail.com uh, and write a review for us on iTunes. We really appreciate all of those. It does help us out in attracting new listeners and stuff. And our website is cricketshow.net and we're going to have a, an overhaul, a facelift, a major facelift, major surgery on the website and that new site is coming soon. There'll be all kinds of new stuff on it, like a blog and things like that. <laughs> God, God knows what will get posted on there. <laughs> You're gonna have, do, you will should. have no editorial control over that blog whatsoever. I might not even give you the password. We should do a Sunday as a new kind of segment. We'll do a Sunday walkies, <laughs> uh, like Craig. So it'll just be us. We'll do like a kind of two minute chew over one of the subjects of the, of the, the week as we go for a walk and we'll get someone to film us. That'd uh, be really good, actually. Uh, that would be really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. Thanks. Sunday walkies with the World Cricket, cricket Walkies. Well, there's got to be a good name. World Cricket Show Walkies. Or like Run Out. Sunday run out with Bayfield and Kerr. Yeah, I tell you what, Sam, go away and work on it with your writing team for the next week and uh, workshop it and come back with a a good name for that item. He's writing it down. He's writing a little post-it note. (laughs) I'm actually writing it down. (laughs) Sunday run out with Adam and Tony. And we'll just pick one issue. Yeah, we'll just do two minutes on it. Yeah, I like it. That's what people want. They want want video. Content. Big, rich content. We need more content. It needs to be video and it needs to be short that's what people want doesn't matter what it's about hey i think i've asked this on the show before what length of youtube video like how <laughs> how long does it have to be for you to go oh i can't be bothered with this for you to start scanning down the right for something else or just depends what it is if it's something up. you know if it's like a new music video from a band i really like i'll probably watch it you know given the time of day but if it's something speculative probably let it go through to about five or six seconds <laughs> uh and then you, you've instantly made a snap judgment and then before clicking scrubbing through to about three quarters to just see where it's going like what's going so i honestly think if it's longer than about a minute 45 i'm struggling too long. i'm yeah, struggling too long. to invest my time I'm just like, i haven't got time for this i need to refresh facebook again oh the world we live in tone the world we live in uh, but everyone's got time for podcasts, though, haven't they? Yeah, everyone's yeah. got time for one hour fifteen. <laughs> Brilliant! Oh, great stuff. Well, yeah. You know, um, what I've noticed though, is some of the podcasts I've been listening to for years are just getting longer. Mm. Uh, you know, it's going like two, two plus hours. And well, I, I don't know about what... I don't know about two hours. I mean, I, I haven't really got a problem with uh, this going longer than an hour. I, I don't mind but you're one of the these, length you're... of the episode. It's more about just how long it takes me to put it together. I mean, you realise that. 
you know, I don't know how many people started to listen to this program, but probably 95% of the people who were listening at the start have now gone to sleep. Like, that's, when, <laughs> that's what, yeah. That's all that. Or, we can say whatever we want like, now. No, very few people have got a commute that's like an hour 15. So <laughs> they've listened to the first half an hour and they just won't, you know, that's it. <laughs> if you're still with us, yeah. congratulate you're either insomniac or you've got a really depressingly long commute. Uh, well, yeah, well, thanks for sticking with us all this way. And yeah, tune in next week for more excitement. We'll see you next time, everybody. Cheery. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.